1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiselled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network and now also on Smart to Death Radio. I am Mags and my tag team partner is still missing in action, I think it's about nine weeks in a row now with uh, this old coronavirus malarca, um, but he's the one who's missing out because he doesn't get to speak to the amazing guests that I speak to and uh, today is absolutely no exception. Uh, today is someone who... <sighs> I've wanted to have on this po- on a podcast for such a long, long time. Uh, she's literally one of the, my favorite people to interact with on on Twitter. She's Twitter's resident mum. It's uh, it's DG. DG, Hi. how are you today?
0: I am wonderful. Happy to be here. Like I said, kind of nervous, but I'm sure once we get into it, it's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, when we were doing the the kind of pre booking uh, back and forth, I was actually surprised that you've said that you've never really been on a podcast before. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, like an absolute honour that I get that the opportunity to to You're kind my of
0: first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get to to bring you into this wacky world of uh, of content creation. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, first things first, let's let's uh, get your matt rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time seeing as you've never been on the show before what we sure. like to do on badlands is we we get everybody's uh matt rushmore and we collate a list and kind of come up with the de- uh, definitive matt rushmore from from all the guests uh, it's probably not going to work and everyone still has their own opinion but uh yeah go on let's uh let's run with your matt rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time
0: okay well um let's see i Looking at what I've got, the first person that I would have on my Mount Rushmore would definitely have to be Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Um, his charisma just on the mic and in the ring and how entertaining he was and just the storytelling that he could put, it just entranced you and it just brought you in. And I absolutely loved him as a wrestler and I just miss him dearly, to be quite honest. Um, let's see. The second person that I would have would be Triple H. Um. Okay. Yeah, um, I've got Triple H because of just how do I put it? Just the the enormous um an enormous amount of just everything that he's done from being a villain to being a face to being, you know, who he is now as your co coo of NXT. He's just over like his creativity and his storytelling it's it's mainly with storytelling with him just how he could pull you in and make you hate him just absolutely loved him as a as as a character as a wrestler and enjoy him even more now as you know your papa h just everything that he does for everybody and how supportive he is um and then I'm probably going to get some eye rolls, I guess, with the last two that I'll have because they are from the Attitude Era and I am an Attitude Era baby. Um, Would definitely have to be Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Um, Those were my two absolute favorite wrestlers in the Attitude Era because of their mouths and how they were on the mic. It's just they would make me laugh. They would make me hate them. They were just so entertaining. And that's pretty much it for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean Stone Cold and The Rock are, are up there challenging in in, in our uh, collated list. There's a there's like a breakaway of about five or six wrestlers. There's uh the Stone Cold, The Rock, Hogan, Flair, mm-hmm. uh, Jericho, and, and kind of Undertaker nipping at the heels. We've not really had a lot of love for Triple H. Really? Um, no, and and we've kind of uh, come to the assumption that it's because his career's not over yet. Uh, so sense. It, it, there's a lot of kind of recency bias kind of thing uh, where uh, the majority of the people at the top of the list are uh, they, they've retired or they've they've passed on and and you you've kind of got whole their their back catalogue of work to look at. Where I think Triple H is not done yet, and especially with the stuff he's doing with NXT, oh, uh it is it's still kind of forging his own path. Uh, And then surprisingly, we haven't had a lot of love uh, for Eddie Guerrero. Um, and for me, I think that's more because of the the longevity was at the top of his game. Yeah. Um, if you if you think about his career as a whole, he was held down a lot in WCW. He was um, kind of revered in Japan, but mm-hmm. it was it was at the the junior heavyweight level, which is which is kind of not looked at as highly as the the heavyweight level. So he only had really probably about a three or four year stint where he, he was literally on the top of his game and i think that may be why he doesn't get a lot of love uh plus we also have a lot of fans who kind of missed the the cant the era of eddie guerrero so yeah i suppose there is that but that's absolutely solid uh matt rushmore and um no one there can you. argue yeah, no <laughs> one can no one can argue that that there would be four names that, that should definitely be in that conversation
0: oh yeah Um, it's just it's funny with Eddie Guerrero not being you know as high up I guess on people's Mount Rushmore's but it makes a lot of sense with what you said about them maybe just missing that that peak of his and everything like Mm -hmm. that and for me Eddie Guerrero didn't really come into the forefront as a favorite of mine until he came to WWF slash WWE because I really wasn't a fan of WCW believe it or not so like when Jericho came in I didn't really know who he was I was like who's this annoying twat (laughs) (laughs) Like, why is he messing with my favorite wrestler? Because, you know, he had that massive feud with The Rock when he first started. So it was just kind of like Jericho wasn't really, I guess, he would be kind of high up there on my list, but not so much to the point where I'm like, I must have him on my Mount Rushmore.
1: Yeah, I get that I mean to, For me Jericho is the go He was my first pick uh, But I was in Kind of the same Same boat as you I, Over here in Britain We didn't really get A lot of WCW It was literally WWF or nothing oh, uh, right. But For the For the like tiny bits That we did here I knew of Jericho mm-hmm. So when he come in For me It was a big deal For a lot of British fans Yeah They were like right. it, it was a case of Who is this guy uh, And I think a lot of that Was the same with Eddie Guerrero He uh because we, we didn't get that kind of um, WCW show over here, we didn't really know who the Radicals were when they came into WWE, so he had to kind of show himself to us as as, as a fan base, and I think that may be why he, he, he kind of doesn't get the love that he should get.
0: Right, definitely. I agree with that completely.
1: Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? pwx over the top shine and hundreds of others with fresh
0: content added every day for only 5.99 per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv
1: so let's um let's go into this main topic uh it's a topic that we was given quite a while ago but Mm -hmm. i was i've been holding it back uh for someone who i thought yeah, the, this is the kind of person who I know will come up with some <laughs> great picks. Um, so we've we've gone with the the Mount Rushmore of ridiculous storylines in wrestling. And wrestling is absolutely full of ridiculous storylines. Full of them, oh my god! So I think the main problem with with actually with my picks was narrowing it down to four. That was good.
0: I'm just I'm looking at my list and it's like, how do you narrow it down? There were so many ridiculous ones. It was just incredible. At points in times it was like flooded with ridiculous yeah. storylines.
1: And, and we've both both been kind of like children's of the attitude era, mm-hmm. as much as we revere the, that that era and it, it did come up with some of the best wrestling and the best characters. It also had a hell of a lot of these absolutely disgustingly stupid <laughs> storylines. Uh so that's I mean, that's where I've drawn a lot of my picks from. Um, yeah, mine too. And then going into kind of the the ruthless aggression era, which uh, mm-hmm. it kind of doubled down on that idiocy. Um, so let's go with your first pick. Who's uh, which storyline makes uh the first cut?
0: My first one has got to be May Young and the Birth of the Hand.
1: Oh, has it's to it. be. And we I spoke uh, to uh, uh, pre-recording about it about having ones what uh, what clashing. Yeah. It was my first pick.
0: Yeah, (laughs) like, how could it not be, like, the number one pick? We all know that, like, you know, if we just dispel belief and everything like that, the the ridiculousness of having, you know, Mark Henry with Mae Young and them being a couple and, and everything that just went along with that, it was just absolutely ridiculous. And then she ends up telling everybody, oh, I'm pregnant. And you're like, Wait, what?
1: <laughs>
0: How? How is this possible? <laughs> what are you doing? What is it going to be? You know, so it just, be- it just became one of those storylines that was absolutely ridiculous. But it was like a train wreck. You just couldn't look away from it. You had to watch it. You had to find out what was going to happen next.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, just to, to kind of give the, the story a little bit of a... Um, a, a backstory uh yep. it, it basically started when uh the the nation of domination kind of disbanded and mark henry was uh was rebranded as sexual chocolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that just was brilliant so bad it's, it's brilliant uh but his character was like he was this casanova and this kind of sexual deviant if you remember uh, i think at the beginning he was um it was kind of wooing china who yeah. uh he
0: tried he, yeah he exactly tried.
1: um <laughs> But um, he eventually he eventually got to to Chan China. She started to refer to him as her man to uh, Jacqueline and Terry. Uh, but Henry struggled being uh, like a one woman guy. Uh, mm-hmm. he even struggled being a one man guy because uh, China suspected that he was a uh, he was being uh, a bit of a philanderer. She uh, <laughs> set him up with her uh, her friend Sammy. Oh my
0: god, that was oh that was and, in in of itself terrible.
1: And Sammy <laughs> was not. Was not who you thought she was. In fact, Sammy was not who you thought he was. Uh, he ended up being a transfer Mark yep. Henry absolutely freaked out. Uh, and then I think, if I remember rightly, on the Raw where he found out, he actually got told off by his his mum in the crowd because of him cheating. Um, now you would think that that would be the end of a sexual chocolate but no, he, he went even worse. And we got the hand. We got him. Uh, we got him. <laughs> Um going with um with May Young, who I think back then was about seventy, I wanna say seventy. I think um, so, yeah. And then they got pregnant, and then the 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 best part of this whole storyline was the scene where she was in the, the birthing room. <laughs> uh and then out pops this rubber. Yeah. I'm assuming it's off a mannequin. Uh who could tell? Uh oh, but I don't know. To kind of to rubber stamp the whole story. uh I don't know if you were uh, remember, but on Raw 1000, which I think was about 12 or so years later, we actually got mm-hmm. a bit of a, an update on Hand Henry. Uh, I do
0: remember that. Very, it's very vague, but I do remember that. I think, didn't they have a guy come out and like a hand get up?
1: He did a massive hand <laughs> costume. And it was a full grown adult guy 12 years later called oh Hen- Hand Henry. So, yeah, I agree wow. with you. My first pick as well.
0: Definitely, definitely. It was, just, and just the magnitude of that story and how long they ran with it was just incredible. I couldn't, I didn't think that that storyline was going to last as long as it did. To be quite honest with you, but the way that they capitalized on it, good on them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there
1: were there was even parts of it where uh, Mark Henry went to a therapy for sexual addiction. Yeah. Yeah, um, he, uh, he said he lost his virginity at <laughs> eight years old to his sister.
0: It got really, really sick. And then it he said, he, really he said sick. he
1: slept with his sister literally two days before the therapy session. Yeah, it was. It got weird. It got very, very weird. But doing I, I a I think I blocked back the it,
0: therapy session out of my mind because of how sick that was. I was like, okay, that's a little too much even for me, and I'm kind yeah. of ridiculous myself.
1: Vince is uh is very. I think he's sexually frustrated with myself because he has these horrific, uh, sexually motivated uh, storylines, nice. and. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not going to be the first uh, time we bring up a sexually motivated storyline because I've got another one to come. Oh, no. But uh, but let's go back to you, seeing as that's my first pick and your first pick. Let's go back to right. you for your second pick.
0: Um, my, sne- my the second pick I'm going to have to go with is when Al Snow ends up eating his dog. Oh my good lord! It's that's my third pick. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> we are absolutely nailing it today.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one. Um. It was that like it's not it takes quite a bit for me to actually get kind of disturbed by some things mm-hmm. and that whole storyline with how he you know uh, the dog I can't remember the dog's name Pass snowball on. pepper snowball where the hell did that come from <laughs> Um, pepper ends up getting kidnapped by a big boss man. And he just puts Al Snow through the ringer to try to get this dog back and then ends up, you know, bringing him back to his hotel room and here, here, have this dinner. Here's my apology. Oh, by the way, you ate your dog. Bye.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, it's a favorite of Badlands. I think it's been brought up a couple of times now. Um, But yeah, it's so, such a ridiculous storyline that it just sticks in your memory. Um, yeah, uh, the the whole basis of the storyline was the fact that Al Snow had actually had a breakup with Head, uh, his, his his mannequin head, uh, and to fill that kind of hole in his life, he uh, got a, he got a little chihuahua called Pepper, <laughs> uh, and Pepper helped him actually win the the hardcore title from Big Boss Man. I think that was at SummerSlam 1999, uh, which is when Boss Man kidnapped her, Oh, sorry, dog-napped dog napped <laughs> Pepper. <laughs> uh, forced him into a, a match, saying that he would return Pepper unharmed. Uh, but Al w- actually won that match, and, and Bossman didn't give the dog back. And that's right. when we got that's when we got the storyline where if, he, if we thrashed it out in our hot in my hotel room, uh, we'll, I'll I'll give you Pepper uh, safe and sound. What what w- interested me was how did Bossman have the facilities in that hotel room to be able to cook a dog? I, I mean, don't It didn't look like there's a cooker there. You <laughs> be, yeah,
0: maybe it was a hot plate.
1: I don't know. I don't really. <laughs> it, it could well be. Uh, but yeah, Bossman basically said to Al, "Eat this meal. I've made it as a kind of a, um, like, to to apologise, and then lets him know he was eating his own dog. Which uh, I, yeah. I think Bossman boss even had a little piece of it and said it tasted like chicken."
0: Yeah, he Which, did. He did do that. And I was just like, when he did when he did the whole chicken bit, I was like, come on, okay. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah,
1: It was <laughs> horrific. Uh but we we did get a, a decent end to the storyline, I suppose. Well, decent in, in the terms of it finished. Right. Uh, we got uh the infamous dog kennel from Hellmatch. Uh, oh my god. Yep, that's hatch. that. I know what a blow off. Uh, yeah, so we had a Al Snow in a steel cage, which was then surrounded by a hell in a cell. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea, but in between the cage and the cell, there was a pack of wild, vicious dogs, and, but,
0: and it was just so bad. It was yeah. so bad,
1: but the dogs weren't even wild or vicious. The dogs had absolutely no, uh, they paid no attention to the match. And instead, they, instead, they just peed all over the, the ringside, shat everywhere. Terrified. And they were humping. There were two dogs that were humping. I
0: remember, I remember <laughs> that. I was just like, those poor dogs, because I'm like, I think we all know that I'm like such a massive animal lover and everything like that. And so it was just like, I was trying to be in the cafe the above it all. And then, but at the same time, the, the human part of myself was just kind of like, oh, those poor dogs and that crowd. And they're just so scared. Get them out of there. It's terrible.
1: Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I know Vince Russo gets a lot of crap for his uh, for his booking, and I, I enjoyed some of it. But this was something that, yeah, it, yeah, this, this shit the bed. It was not a good storyline, and it was. It, but it's given us a memorable moment in, in I suppose, Definitely. in in, in the house you not know, eating his own dog. So again, we've, uh, <laughs> we, we're we're kind of nailing these these I on know. the head with, but Picks one and two for both of are uh, the same one. So let's go back to you for your third pick.
0: Oh man, there's so many to choose from. But how about Katie Vick?
1: Oh, now this is where we differ because I thought that you would bring up Katie Vick, so I thought I'll, I'll leave that one to you. So go on.
0: <laughs> um, it, it's very, it's, uh, it. Oh, gosh, I can't even like wrap my head around it. But um, just the whole. Uh, sorry, I'm getting tongue tied here. <clears throat> just everything with Katie Vick and her story and it just how messed up it was because didn't Kane like end up like sexually violating her and everything like that after she
1: was dead Well I, that was actually Triple H I think uh, Oh really Yeah it was I accusing Kane it, it was accusing Kane of that uh I think the storyline I mean um um I'm definitely not got it wrote down so this is literally going from from memory but I think the storyline was that she died uh, but she was actually Kane's girlfriend and and um the Triple H was kind of using that to to get at Kane and yeah. they set up a um uh, a mannequin in a coffin and Triple yeah. H <laughs> Triple H wearing the Kane mask and uh, uh, violating her he definitely definitely violated that that poor girl yeah. Talk about fringe. Um, yeah it was uh again though it back then it was it was kind of almost like must see television because of how how cringey it was but it was it was it was kind of like a snapshot of what the, the the audience wanted and yeah it was uh it's it's fun to look back at but good god it was a an awful story line. yeah
0: that one was i just i can't i <sighs> I can't even get my words out right it was just it was so bad because it, it it played on things of of a really confusing nature for a lot of people you know dead bodies and sexual nature and everything in between that was just very cringy about it so yeah
1: <laughs> and again though, it, it kind of speaks to kind of, uh, Vince McMahon's like pent-up sexual frustration. I mean, yep. there's even rumors of him, he wanted a storyline where he got Steph pregnant and then he wanted a storyline where um, Shane got Steph pregnant. Yeah, he just...
0: Yeah, I almost put that down, but it never happened. I was just yeah. kind of like, oh, that could be a talking point because we all know that
1: Vince <laughs> is a very screwed-up human being. <laughs> he's definitely, definitely screwed up. So, yeah, that's a, a great third pick. I'll go on to my third pick. I'm going to go, actually, with um one that's that was actually based in a lot of reality um so catch my mind back to 2004 we had uh lita and matt Hardy, uh kind of the the power couple of the WWE, uh and their relationship was uh was on the rocks in both in in kayfabe and in real life uh but but uh they had a, a bit of a mini breakup and then got back together. But whilst they were getting back together, we had Kane again, the sexual deviant, hiding in the shadows. Uh, yes. <laughs> he 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 was stalking Lita. So then uh, Matt Hardy trying to defend Lita's uh, honor. He uh, he tried to to stop Kane from stalking and got absolutely destroyed every single turn. Right. And Kane um, Kane basically threatened that if Lita didn't didn't get with him, that he was going to destroy Matt. Uh, right. Which, this gets even more weird because uh, we then, uh, the hint of, a, of sexual assault from Kane, we find out that that Lita was pregnant with Kane's child.
0: Yeah, that that was um, something else. That's it's, all I could say about
1: <laughs> It certainly was. It certainly was. So, uh, that led to a Till Death Do Us part match at, at SummerSlam. Right. Uh, where uh, the winner got to take Lita's hand in marriage, which I don't know if that's law. I've never, I've never known that. I, I know when I got married to my wife, I didn't have to face <laughs> someone in a in a in a in a match to to be able to do that. But
0: right, I don't know. But, down south here in America, it's
1: different. <laughs> you know, anyway, and weddings and all that. Wrestling is wrestling, and I don't <laughs> think the rules actually apply. Uh, but, right, but Kane did win this match, and he uh, he took Lita as as his bride. Um, but in a weird twist, Kane actually ended up becoming the good guy in this storyline because um, he had a match with a, debut, a debutant called Gene Snitsky.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, whilst Kane got distracted by Lita, he, he got hit in the back of a chair. Uh, he fell on top of Lita, which caused, uh, unfortunately, a miscarriage, which right. uh, was, was very, very sad. Uh, but Snitske, uh he got an interview after the match where he said that... Uh, which would become his catchphrase for a while, that the miscarriage was not his fault. Right. Um, but the the comedy bit and the most ridiculous bit comes in uh, because it, it, obviously this was a very serious subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, on the November 8th edition of Raw that year, uh, Lita was in the ring with Chris Jericho. I think it was on the highlight reel. Uh, when Gene Snickstay entered the ring apologising, but he had a... A baby wrapped up in uh, in, a, in a in a blanket. Love. Yeah. Um, so as G- uh, Jim Ross is, is literally flat out saying that Snitsky had murdered the child, uh, Gene repeating his catchphrase was saying it's not my fault, and then decided to punt the child into <laughs> the crowd. Absolutely, yeah, it was just so ridiculous, and what a ridiculous way to to end the the later. Uh, sexual assault slash forced marriage
0: after that it's all yeah, over they, they, after they that just they literally have, the baby
1: they literally have one match and then and then that's it everything goes back to normal uh <laughs> yeah so my third <Martha laughs> pick is uh gene volleying a baby into the crowd
0: right <laughs> <laughs> i actually had that one written down but i was kind of like mm, i don't know because i've got a lot of whole i've got a uh, Seem to have a theme with my ridiculous storyline, so I was like, "I'll just leave that one alone. Maybe he'll bring it up. We'll see." <laughs> and you did.
1: So let's go to you for your for your final pick.
0: Val Venus gets castrated.
1: Wow, choppy, choppy, your pee pee.
0: <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> one was so unbelievable. And and now thinking about it years later, I, I think a lot of people wish he would just get his tongue chopped off because whoo. Buddy, he has taken a turn,
1: yeah, he definitely has.
0: But yeah, so we had you know, Kai and Tai becoming prominent in WWE, and Val Venus ends up sleeping with yamaguchi Son's wife. Mm-hmm. And then what happened after that? Uh, I, I think, think he it was match where he yes. gets turned on.
1: Yeah, he, he was fighting I... against uh, I think it was Togo and right. Funaka. Yeah, it was Funaka, and, and he gets kidnapped. Right. And then he ends up being in the in the back uh, and then he gets... And he's uh, like
0: hogtied, tied Well, not hmm. hog-tied, but he had his hands tied up above and he's, you know, bare-assed and they're holding his legs and...
1: And a massive wondered, samurai sword. he
0: got, the, he got a samurai <laughs> sword and it's like he's got a bunch of dudes holding this other dude and they're like, hey, let's chop his penis off. Yeah. That's great.
1: <laughs> I think uh, right as the chop was coming down so to speak (laughs) the lights went out if i remember rightly and then the week later we found out that uh that he'd he'd actually been rescued from having his uh penis off because of it was cold and he had some shrinkage shrinkage. (laughs) (laughs) which is absolutely for someone who was portraying a porn star to have shrinkage that's amazing
0: it just it just kind of killed the entire image of his whole porn star deal because it was like, oh, he had shrinkage and he's safe.
1: Yeah. How big and, are you? <laughs> I, I think not long after that, he actually dumped Mrs. Yamaguchi. Really? Yeah. And I think he went on to um, Ryan Shamrock.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. See... My memory kind of sucks of the storylines if I don't watch that, like, constantly. So yeah. the little details and things like that, I didn't quite remember. But it's just, you know, these cringy storylines just, you know, they they stand out. And, and it goes back to what you said about Vince McMahon having such a, you know, such pent-up frustrations and everything like that. That they just keep coming out in these really terrible storylines where it's like, bruh, maybe yeah. it's time you get I mean, somebody to talk to.
1: I <laughs> mean, we haven't even mentioned uh things like Beaver Cleavage, which were uh, was a, if you remember he was one of the uh the headbangers at first, I think it was uh Chaz. Mm-hmm.
0: And then
1: then he uh he did these vignettes where he was uh eyeing up his mum's cleavage. Uh
0: <laughs> whoa, no, I don't remember that. Maybe I'll block oh, that one out.
1: <laughs> seriously, uh when you get time, look up WWF Beaver Cleavage, honestly. Okay. It's it's Freaky, and there was also, if you remember, a wrestler called Sean Stasiak. Yeah. He um he wrestled as a character called Meat, where he was basically the 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 sexual deviant for I think it was Terry Runnels and Jacqueline.
0: Yeah, that was their boy toy that they had yeah. for a long and time.
1: He actually once wrestled a match with a with a Boner, which uh yeah that's. <laughs> Something I've watched that can can it haunts me? It haunts me that I've watched that. That
0: would haunt me too. To be honest, I'm kind of glad I don't remember that, or I don't think I've even seen it. So I'm okay with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't look for me then. No, I
0: mean. He the only reason meat stands out to me is there was the I think it was like the after raw special that they did where they showed all the clips of the, you know, after the cameras went off and everything like that. And he was he just kept going after the rock and the rock just kept throwing him out of the ring and throwing him out of the ring and just going, what are you doing? That's the only reason he stands out to me, (laughs) which is terrible.
1: Well that's that's a great fourth pick uh Valvinus' castration. It wasn't one that it, you know, it didn't even cross my mind to bring that up. So yeah, you've done well with that one. Uh my last one, I'm gonna go with uh at least this it's it's no sexual connotations at all, thank God. Um oh. <laughs> I'm going with Gillian Hall. Okay. Um Remind and- me. Gillian Hall. Well, going back to the start of the, the uh, story, I think she started wrestling about 2005 for for WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'd been training for about seven years. I think she trained actually under Fit Finlay, which uh, which is, is one of the best people for for women's wrestling in in the West, definitely to learn mm-hmm. under. And she she ended up going to train with Lance Storm as well. But she was actually called Michaela Mercedes. Uh, and she came through the WWE's uh, training uh, facility, I think it was at uh, Ohio Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she ended up coming to WWE, she was uh, repackaged uh, as as Jillian Hall, where she was kind of, she wasn't really a wrestler, even though she did have wrestling talent. Mm-hmm. She she came in as as a consultant to uh, Melina, uh, Joey Mercury, and Johnny Nata, who was, who was Eminem. Oh, uh, okay. So she kind of she was their agent, almost getting them kind of like sponsorship deals and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there was something quite, quite different about Gillian Hall when she came in. Something that uh, you couldn't quite put your finger on. Well, when you when I say you couldn't quite put your finger on it, you actually could put your finger on it, but you wouldn't really want to. Uh, oh. <laughs> she had a massive brain-shaped, pulsating mole on the side of her face. Oh.
0: Oh, that okay yeah I do remember that now it yeah. took me a minute to remember because I was like wait who are we talking about It's not the paramedic chick that was BB. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well normally when you think of someone having a mole it's usually like a little cute freckle but no yeah. this was like a pulsating almost <laughs> chewed up brain on the side yeah. of her face.
0: That
1: prosthetic was amazing. Um, yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, they used this kind of mall as, as a gimmick to to, to draw heat for Jillian, uh, where she would give fans um, abuse for for like slating her over this mall and demanding that they look at her eyes, not at a mall and stuff like that. Uh, I think. But after a short stint with M she actually dra- got drafted to SmackDown, where mm. she uh, she ended up being the the consultant for JBL.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so he he was kind of like in the doldrums about losing to to Rey Mysterio. Uh, he offered her this this uh, position as a consultant, and she took it, trying to uh, improve JBL's image with the fans. Uh, so she got him to ride a horse to uh, down to the ring when uh, SmackDown was in Texas. Uh, she also got into ride a donkey and drink some tequila <laughs> when there was a, in uh, Laredo, which is close to the, the Mexican border. Um, oh, my God. But JBL entered a, a, a program with the Boogeyman, if you remember the Boogeyman. Uh, yes. The guy who, who used to chomp on worms.
0: Oh, yeah. He was great. Oh,
1: God. Yeah, I know, Stomach it's, it's, still, it's still actually doing the same gimmick right now I in know. the Indies.
0: Yeah. but it's fake it's it's working for him. So I mean, yeah, yeah. if
1: you're good at it, get paid for it, right? Exactly. So uh, Julian ended up being kind of front and centre of, center of, of uh, the boogeyman's attacks for JBL. He put worms uh, down a blouse. He put worms right. up a up a skirt. Right. And then, and then during a, an episode of Papa's Pit, he was uh, he come down to the ring. He actually grabbed Julian and started licking the all.
0: Oh yeah, I do remember that. That was so gross. Like I'm having like a uh, how old was I in 2004? I don't I hadn't even graduated high school yet in 2004.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm... It gets um... worse. It gets worse. <laughs> he uh he licks it a couple of times and then feeding off the crowd, he then chomps down.
0: Oh my god.
1: And bats the whole thing clean off her face. Oh. Uh, so she obviously runs to the back, clutching her cheek, and Boogeyman is in the in the ring, like moving this mole around his mouth with his tongue, taking it out of his mouth, stroking it. He <laughs> squashed it in between his hands and then dropped it back in his mouth to chew it again. Uh, yeah, it was just so so he disgusting. As
0: gross as he could.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the the weird end to this was that. The week later, Gillian Hall, uh, with, no, with no mole on her face, had absolutely flawless skin, no scar tissue, no mole, and no, she just no. looked as stunning as ever. Yeah, so, yeah, my last pick is Gillian uh, Hall being Holly moly.
0: That is an amazing pick, and I am <laughs> so sad that I did not get that one on my list because that I totally, like just completely forgot about that until you told the story and it's just oh so bad and so gross like boogeyman i love his gimmick because it is it's it's gross and it's different but it's just the things that he would do to up the ante of how gross he could be with his character just it it just makes him a standout in its own right so yeah that's a great pick
1: and and it was just going back to to kind of refresh my memory and watch the show's I, I only thought he bit it off and, and that was it. I don't I didn't remember him like like chewing on it and, and <laughs> squashing it between his hands and it was like, wow, this this was worse than I actually remembered it being. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, some uh, some great, great picks there. So you Definitely. went with uh Mae Young's hand, you went with Pepper the Chihuahua, you yep. went with uh the uh, the abomination that was Katie Vick and <laughs> uh you went with uh Choppy Choppy says pee pee. Um <laughs> and then i, I seem went to
0: have my own running theme apparently, <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's quite deviant quite a deviant theme there uh a bit. A little bit <laughs> uh, and i went with uh with the same two uh, for you uh in picks one and two with uh mark henry uh and me young having a hand um we i went with pepper the trower as well then i I switched up to uh to Gene Skicks volleying a baby and then uh Gillian Hall and the massive mole that got chewed up by, by the buggy man. All well. terrible, ridiculous storylines. But <laughs> the 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 sad and scary thing is that we could revisit this topic and come up with eight totally different oh, ones. Yeah. And it'd still be valid enough to to warrant a, a Mount Rushmore.
0: Oh, I know. It's it's like Doing my research just to kind of give myself a reminder of of the ridiculous storylines, because, you know, like I said, it's like you tend to kind of block some of the really cringy stuff out. Like the storylines that are ridiculous go on for days on end. Just how how many ridiculous storylines there were is amazing and that they got away with.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Again, though, it, it was kind of like a a snapshot of that of that time. Basically, they could throw any kind of muck right. at the wall, and we'd lap it up as fans because wrestling was the was the cool thing back then. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, so, it's still cool. It's just different now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the good thing about now is we've got a lot more choice. So if you're not, oh yeah, kind of happy with what's going on there's plenty of other uh, promotions that you can, you can go and enjoy. So uh, I suppose that it's better as a, as a fan now, uh, but what I'd like from you, uh, DG is a, a topic for a future Guess What kind of Mount Rushmore would you like to hear someone uh, discuss?
0: Mm, wow. That I would like to hear someone talk about their favorite heel lines, like favorite heel storylines just like the ones that are absolutely terrible i don't know maybe that goes along with the ridiculous storylines
1: um i mean i i can i can think of some off the top of my head i mean stuff like the um eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio kind of am your pappy storyline that'd be good i mean there's not a lot of comedy to be had there but it was definitely a heel storyline or even uh Again, to to bring Eddie Guerrero into it, uh, the JBL uh, sending people back to Mexico, and the right. way Eddie Guerrero kind of made him this massive heel. So, right. yeah, there's, there's there's plenty of uh, fun to be had there. So, yeah, that's a a great uh, topic that that we'll be definitely bringing up in the near future. Um, awesome, you've been an absolutely outstanding guest, like I knew you would be. I know, <laughs> Thanks. I, I know, you said. Uh, Pre, pre-recording that you were nervous about it but oh yeah you've been absolutely superb and yeah um let, let everyone know where they can find you on social media where they can uh come and have a chat with you
0: well they can find me under the same handle on pretty much all social media platforms whether it's snapchat ig or twitter it's omdg that is me and i'm pretty much open to talk to anybody unless you're a creep
1: <laughs> Pretty much, I think that that should be the standard rule for anyone on on wrestling social media. If you're a creep, don't bother ju- jumping in. Just leave me alone,
0: <laughs> or I'll embarrass you.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, you've been absolutely amazing to talk to. Uh, yeah, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at dajkurtbay. Follow my uh, anonymous tag team partner Paul at Reencounter. Follow this podcast at Badlands Pod. Um, yeah, thank you again for to DG for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. And who are your Mount Rushmore of the, the greatest uh, wrestlers of all time? And who are your Mount Rushmore of the, the most ridiculous wrestling stories of all time? Let us know. Um, but remember, when you're picking your Mount Rushmore, we have one rule here, and that is you must always use your head. <laughs>